Welcome to this episode of the Dreamers Succeed podcast. I am beyond excited that I was able to somehow convince Phil Gerbashak to join us today. Uh, for those of you, I know a lot of you do know him, but those of you who do not know him yet, you will over the course of this podcast. He is an amazing, amazing person, one of the most givingest people that I've ever met in my life. He's a virtual sales trainer, Zoom and GoToMeeting expert. He is a pinball wizard and just a, a, a sales guru of all sales guru. So I promise you're going to be learning a lot today. My encouragement would be to take notes if you can. Um, Phil doesn't know this, but we will share this story a little later on, on how he revolutionized the way that I do business from a speaking engagement that I heard him, uh, where I heard him speak. So we'll get into that a little bit later, but for now, Phil, thank you. I am honored and welcome. Thank you, Berta. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm honored. I, I am so excited to have you, Phil. And, and, and again, guys, you'll get to know him throughout. Um, I've had the pleasure of, of knowing him and just am, am blown away again, that I am sitting across from him, from the screen, from him. So, so let's, let's get right into it. Phil, if, if I looked you up in the dictionary, what would it say? Well, probably say orange glasses wearing, smart aleck, uh, kind-hearted, and always learning uh, sales geek. I love it. I love it. In a nutshell, people, yeah. and, and that's what it is. And you always have the coolest. Actually, you're always like dressed super sharp and your glasses, everything sort of matches. Oh, I, I, I love it. Um, but, but I, again, I really, I really am grateful. And, and I, and I want to get right into what we're facing right now. And I know that because you're in the sales world and you're able to adapt so well, and, and a lot of what we do as speakers engage you know with the engagement has to do with with the zoom world which which a lot of people have had to learn by sort of by force can you talk a little bit into what we're going into now and and how you see that affecting people who are in sales right now sure well i think first of all the focus has never been more clear that it's all about how much value you can add not about how loud you can be you know, and, and by that, I, I don't mean just physically loud. I mean, just, you know, obnoxious and not sharing, but because you're frequent, you know, because you're hitting people often, sometimes they're, they give up and they just say yes. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, that, that's not always in their best interests. And I would say right now, more than ever, the focus is on the value we can add. Being as helpful as possible, I think is really, really underrated. And it's been underrated because we've had marketing that's told us that we need one thing. We've had you know, organizations tell us another thing. We read in the paper, we see another thing. And seldom is the focus on the good stuff. But now we're really craving that good stuff, the good value that, that we can have. And, and I, I actually, I've got three H's that, that remind me and that I help my clients focus on. The first H is to be human, right? Acknowledge that right now it's an uncomfortable new time. I mean, even if you're used to working from home, even if you're used to using Zoom like I am, there's still challenges. I mean, today, you know, uh, it took five minutes for the program to load. I'm pretty technical. I know how to use this stuff. There's nothing I can do. Just acknowledge that humanity, right? We're all struggling and we're all in this together. That's the first H. The second H is helpful. That's where the value comes in, right? So just be helpful. 
Try as best as you can to help other people. Try to be an encouragement to them. Try to show them how they can do uh, more than they think they can, or that it's okay that to take a nap, you know, to slow down, to, to, to bring the pace down. Life is not as synchronous as we thought it was. It is not just an eight-hour day. A lot of times, you know, our day is 16 hours with waking time. So that means pick your spots. Where do you have the most energy? Help them see that it's okay to not have energy all day long, because I sure as heck don't. Mm -hmm. And then the last stage is, is to be humble. A little bit of humility goes a long way. You know, C.S. Lewis said that humility is not thinking less of ourselves, but really thinking of ourselves less. And that's really important because, again, as we're in this together and we're humble about who we are, I mean, I, I don't, I, I appreciate that, that you're glad and you're honored that I'm here, and I, I really genuinely do. I'm just me, right? And you're just you. And I, I don't mean that to say that I'm less or that you're less or that anybody listening is more or less. I just, you know, I'm just here. I'm present with the world. And, and you are too. And everyone listening and watching is, is too, because I think we forget that sometimes. We think we have to puff up our chest and talk about how great we are. When in reality, you know, it's better for other people to toot our own horn. It's better mm -hmm. for other people to say how good we are and, and, and not ourselves, not in our marketing, certainly not when we're talking to customers, certainly not when we're doing outreach. If somebody says that we're the best, absolutely include that in your marketing. Mm. But there's no need for you to specifically say that I'm the best. I could say, you know, Curtis says that I'm the best. You know, some of my clients say I'm the best and some, you know, and some folks that have never hired me might think I'm the absolute worst. That's okay, right? I've had people, you know, complain about my orange glasses because they think they're weird and unusual, and yet other people are attracted to them. Mm -hmm. That's okay. It doesn't make them the best or the worst. It just makes them, in the eye of that person, different, and, and that's okay. I love that. I love that, Phil. And I, and I really see each of these H's so much in you and, and not something you wear. It's just, it's just part of your DNA and it really comes through. And I think uh, particularly the, the humility piece where, where and, and a lot of what you discussed, and, and for those of you who don't know, I met Phil at, at a, he did a presentation at one of our FSA meetings and just was a tremendous blessing to everyone in the audience. I've never seen people take notes like that in any meeting ever, um, but it was just, just chock full. He was just giving, giving of himself and, and giving of his expertise. And, and that, that element of humility was the undertone of the entire conversation almost. Now that's, I, I believe it's something that you can work on, but you're, you're sort of born with it. Can you tell me a little bit about maybe early on how you started to notice that that humility component was, was a big part of your success? Sure. Well, well, I'll tell you, first of all, it wasn't always part of me. So it's, it's definitely a learned, a learned trait. I, I was pretty, admittedly, pretty arrogant. You know, I, th I thought I was really good at a, a lot of stuff. And, and I had a lot of arrogance. And when I was 16, actually, the day I got my driver's license, I got in a car accident. Wow. I broke my shoulder in 12 places. I broke my leg in six. I put a corn stalk through my arm. I split open my head. Um, I was in a wheelchair for about 10 weeks. Wow. I thought I was invincible. And I realized really fast that I wasn't. And I, you know, I continued to be humbled throughout my life. But I, I recognized then you know, I'm not invincible. I recognize I, I, one of my first jobs I, I got fired from. Um, I wasn't that good at it. I, I wasn't as hardworking as I could have been. 
and I got humbled that way. Um, as I as I went along, I, I had a sales job. My my actually my first sales job, um, my boss fired me because I probably because I was pretty arrogant. I mean, I walked into her office and and basically demanded more money, and she didn't see that I was giving enough value. And and so I you know, she said no. And then I found a new job. And I know that she, cause she didn't seem to be put off by it, but I can tell you when I, when I turn in my two week notice, I turn it at eight o'clock and, and by 1030, she's like, we're just going to pay you out. You should just leave. Wow. And I was like, that was the first time. And at first I was really excited, right? I mean, yay, I get two weeks of pay. But then I recognized the reason why she, she wanted me to go is because I wasn't really good for the team. You know, I, I was kind of a jerk. And, and so I, I put kind of all that together and that, that took me until I was almost 30 years old to recognize that, you know, I wasn't invincible, that I wasn't the greatest thing since sliced bread and that frankly, I was kind of a jerk. And it started right then when I, I recognized that I needed to be more humble. And then the, really the big tipping point was I had uh, my mentor, someone who mentored me to be a speaker. His name is Kirk Wiesler. Kirk asked me two questions at his program because Kirk is all about learning. And, and so for, first, Kirk asked me, so have you actually read all these books that you're talking about, that, that I've talked about? Have you read them? And I said, yes. And, and then he said, so who are you sharing that with? And it really struck me because I wasn't sharing them with anybody. I thought it was enough to be the smartest person in the room. And I was like, wow, that, that's a really good question. I, 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 I scratched my head and I'm like, well, well, nobody. He said, well, what good does all that knowledge do if you don't share it with anybody? Wow. And so right between the eyes, he hit me. And I recognized right then that if I didn't share, if I didn't open my heart and I didn't share my humanity, if I didn't share my, my helpfulness, if I didn't share my, my hubris, my humility, I wasn't going to go anywhere. I'd just always be the smartest guy in the room. Mm -hmm. And I realized then, I, I want to say I was probably 32 at that time. So between 30 and 32, I did a lot of growing and I've done a lot of growing over the last 15 years as well. And I just recognized that, you know, that, that wasn't enough for me. So I, I would say now I'm very in, intentional about it. I'm aware of it. Not that it, it, it absolutely does come much more automatic uh, to think about other people. That's not what I'm saying, it, it, but it is intentional. It's, it's purposeful to really think of myself less and to think of other people more because without that, people don't care. They don't, they don't listen. It's not about shouting from the rooftops um, and, and that, and, or about being the smartest person in the room either for that matter. It's about being the most interested person in the room and being willing to share and being willing to help. Um, and, and that's really changed my life. So I know that's a long answer to your short question, but I hope that gives you some insight into me. Yeah, and it it is a, a great answer actually, Phil. And I think I think I, I heard a quote yesterday. I don't remember what book I was listening to yesterday uh, that said, "If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room." And yeah. and I I believe that, and I and I know, but I I love how you shared how that that helpful component came into being and came into existence because I know that that's something that is so, there's no way anybody might've, that doesn't know the, the previous Phil would have ever felt that that could have been a thing because it's so organic for you. 
to just be in the service of others. And I'm going to, I'm going to interject and share this little story. The day that, that you spoke at the FSA that I was there, um, you were talking about LinkedIn and, and the, 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 the potential of LinkedIn. Now I'm someone who, when I was in the corporate world, I, I had LinkedIn because you sort of had to have LinkedIn. I had ignored it for years. When I became a full-time coach and speaker, I, I changed my whatever little things I could change on LinkedIn, but never really even paid attention to it. I had all these connections of realtors and mortgage brokers because I was a, a title insurance agent for 28 years and, and changed my, but never was intentional with it. And, and I heard you, I took really good notes. I came home that day, sort of revamped my, my LinkedIn. And right after that, when I started following you on LinkedIn and I saw, I said, this is truly, and, and my, I love the generous spirit. I, I believe that the world and success revolves around generosity. And I was just blown away with how much, not only the intention that you have for being helpful, but the, the time and, and production and, and the, the, the resources that you have to pull together to be that beacon uh, of, of help. So number one, thank you. And number two, it completely changed the way that I viewed LinkedIn and, and my commitment to, to be that resource for people on a platform like LinkedIn, which I had ignored for so long and particularly how you recommended that we connect for the sake of starting relationships, which is what I talk about with networking, you know, that if you're networking for any other reason than to start a relationship, you're doing it wrong or you're wasting your time. And, and, and I began, it's almost like you gave me permission to be who I am on LinkedIn too. And it completely revolutionized my business, Phil. I want you to know, I have made beautiful, amazing friendships from from connections that I've made on a platform that I totally ignored for years. And and now I echo what you said and, and I always give you credit because I realize how important it is in anything that we do, whatever platform it is, to really start from that foundation of of being of service, adding value and and building those relationships. So again I am grateful because I know what a difference it's made for me, but tell me how, how you, and, and it probably just came from who you are, but how you've been able to, to convey that message and not keep it to yourself. Well, I think the first thing is that I, I do my best to demonstrate it by action. You know, I don't just talk about it. I actually live it. I, I have to put it out there. And so I, I think about that intentionally to your point, every time that I go on LinkedIn, and I, I thank you for saying what you did, because that's, that is really foundational to the way that I um, transact business, for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. I really believe that to sell is to serve and to serve is to sell. Because if we're not being of service, I mean, nobody's going to buy. I mean, if there's no value exchange there, why is anybody going to give me any money? And so when I think about how I demonstrate that, first, you know, I know that I have to demonstrate. I can't just say it. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing is that acknowledgement. Yep, I, I must demonstrate this. How do I demonstrate it? Well, first, I look for, I think about my network intentionally. Like what would be a value? What would be of service to them? 
And so while I have, um, you know, I have speakers and authors and consultants and coaches in my network, I also have sales managers and sales leaders and VPs of sales and executives in my network too. And I recognize that not everything resonates with everybody. So with that, I know that sometimes I have to serve the left hand, which is my speakers, my authors, my coaches, my consultants, and sometimes I have to serve the right hand of sales professionals, sales leaders, and executives. So what I share is for one of those two audiences, typically, and I'm just intentional about that. So that also means, though, that I'm going to cross-pollinate because I don't believe that I'm the only person with ideas. In fact, to even say that, right, would be ridiculous when I say that out loud. But when you look again at demonstration, that means that I share other people's content. It means that I give other people credit. It means also that I get off of my profile, which is where a lot of people stay. They spend so much time. They want to build their platform. But what they don't realize is that you have to fill in the holes in your platform with other people and other ideas, because otherwise you're just shouting in a vacuum in the closet. So I'm intentional about that. I go out, you know, I try to add what I call 50 cents. I give my 50 cents. Some people give two cents, right? I want to give 50 cents. So 25 times, that's five times uh, every day. I try to go out and leave a good comment, share somebody else's post, uh, give some encouragement, ask a question. Um, sometimes I'm, I might disagree with what somebody said. So I'll add a different spin on that. I, somebody posted the other day that if, uh, if your CEO isn't a, a marketer, that they can't be, your organization is never going to be good at marketing. And it's really interesting to read that because I don't agree with that. I think that the goal of a CEO is to surround themselves with people that are smarter than him or herself. Mm -hmm. And so I, I saw that. And it's interesting to me because as I shared that, I got several people who sent me messages like, yeah, that's exactly what we're talking about. That's really leadership. And so to be of service sometimes is to disagree. I mean, but to disagree in an agreeable way, meaning mm -hmm. uh, I'm not attacking them. I'm just simply not agreeing with their premise. And sometimes I'll, I'll be honest, right? I, I'm not always as delicate as I'd like to be. Sometimes a little more, I strenuously object about some things, um, but that's how I do it, right? I just continue to demonstrate that through my profile, first of all, trying to be as helpful as I can. Second of all, through sharing other people. And third of all, by sharing my opinions, my feedback, my encouragement with the world by intentionally cross-pollinating my network with others in my network so that I can raise others up. I love that. I love that, Phil. And I, and I, and I see that and I've, I've shared your stuff. I, I, I always encourage people. I say, listen, and especially if they're, if they're new to LinkedIn, and, and sometimes my clients have avoided LinkedIn like the plague and I, and, I, and I tell them you need to be able to play here. And if you want to learn how to play correctly, just follow Phil. And, and, and I do that because we need to be, we need to learn how to do it if we're new. And, yeah. and that's the best way to learn is listen, the more value you can add to the world, the more, uh, the more you can serve, the better it's going to be for everyone. And not keeping score, not, you know, trying to see what comes back. It's just serving for the sake of serving. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a, that's a really good point because I get asked a lot about the return on investment. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, it's seldom direct. It's not like, oh, I shared your post, therefore you're going to do business with me. Mm -hmm. In fact, often it's I shared someone's post or I shared a video or I shared an article. And then months later, somebody found it and they found it helpful. And they shared it with somebody else who shares it with somebody else who then comes to me. 
and says, wow, I watched this video that you did and it was super helpful. I don't even know how I got it. And it's never anybody that I know. I mean, my, my biggest uh, speaking, my one day biggest speaking contract I got as a result of a video that I posted that somehow got to this person that I'd never met before that wasn't connected to anybody that I knew and that said, hey, your video is exactly what my sales team needs to be shaken up. We need to have a conversation to see if you can teach my team how to add value like that. Now, like that, I, again, I, I it's an organization I've never sold to before. I mean, it's a, you know, it, it's a, a big equipment manufacturer. I don't have any experience in that. I don't have uh, parents who have an experience in that. I, my hometown, uh, we're 996 people. There's no experience there, but teaching people that are, that sell equipment to farmers is about being human with the farmer is something that's very natural for me. So my dad was a farmer. He had a dairy farm. We had hundreds of acres of land that we farmed and had, you know, at one point about 130, 140 cattle. I know that my dad never, even to this day, doesn't respond to the, what he calls them, the slick city slickers, <laughs> you know, even though really that's me now because mm -hmm. I live in the city, but not because uh, of how they look, though certainly, you know, if you go to my dad's farm and you wear a three-piece suit, he's probably going to laugh at you, <laughs> but it's more how you talk to him. Right. And if you talk down to him, like he's an idiot, like here's this $200,000 piece of machinery and he's a he is a country bumpkin and doesn't have any clue what the value would be, you're never going to sell my dad anything. If instead you flip that over and you say, hey, so, so Ron, how, how, you know, you've got tractors here. What are some of the challenges you have? And why might you be even interested in a conversation with me about selling you a, a much more powerful tractor? And his answer might be, well, we just bought another 100 acres of land and I've got, I don't have any more hours in the day. So I need one that goes faster, that can till harder, that can plant more seeds. I mean, there's a lot of reasons there why he might need that. But if I just come in and try to say, you know, it's more powerful. Again, that's the humility here, right? It's not that it's best. It's how does it solve dad's problems? And so I, I guess, you know, that, that's, a, again, that's another long answer to, to a short question. But I think that's where I get that from. And, and that's where... I, that again, that demonstration really, really helps us because then once you demonstrate it, people can see that in their own world. And I treat people like humans. So we have a conversation. I mean, I didn't pretend that I knew how to sell farm machinery. Mm -hmm. I don't have a clue. I've never sold a, you know, I haven't even sold a bag of seed, mm -hmm. but I certainly have ideas for how to connect more humanly. And that's where I can add value and that's where I can help. And that's great. And that really, and it brings us to, to that human element that, that we're all sort of blaring into right now because we've, we're all so connected in what is happening in the world right now. Um, not, not usually it takes something like this to, to bring to light the connectivity. It's not that it wasn't there, but really we, we become so much more human. And, and the truth is that in sales and whatever you do, and, and I believe that we are all in sales, no matter what our business is, to some capacity or another, is, is really that we're serving the human. We are serving the, and, and the humanity in all of us and humanity as a whole. Yeah. I mean, that, we're all in this together, right? I mean, no, it, it, that's always been said. 
I would tell you though, no, uh, you know, no time in our history has that been more clear yeah. that we're interconnected than now. Like right now, not just, you know, the internet is kind of vaporware. When I say that, I mean, I can't see it. It's almost like electricity. Mm-hmm. And I, we've always been connected that way. But now we think about this, right? We've got this interesting invisible virus that's going around, but it really connects us because whether you're in Italy or you're in, you know, little Italy in New York City, mm-hmm. we're still connected here. And so we're really genuinely in this together. I mean, the butterfly effect is huge. What somebody did somewhere to make something happen directly impacts my dad and little itty bitty Crivets, Wisconsin, Mm -hmm. and how he has to live his life now. And that's fascinating because no, never before have we ever had an example that stark, Mm -hmm. that clear about how we are all interconnected. So when I think about kind of getting back to uh, normalcy, Mm-hmm. And I know, I know that's not what we're talking about, but I just want to say this. As we think about getting back to normalcy, this is going to be different. But what will not differ is the fact that we, have, we now realize how connected we are and how much in common we have instead of how much different. And if we can focus on that, I think we can be more successful. Absolutely. And, and my prayer is just that, that we, that we don't take what just happened for granted and that instead we, we remember and and I was on a on a podcast earlier this week, and and just talking about tribe, and I said and I and I said to the host, I said, you know, think about who you miss right now, because we, you know, it's easy to pick up the phone and have someone meet you at a Starbucks for a cup of coffee, but who who are we not able to see right now that we wish we could see? Yeah, everybody's a phone call away or a Zoom a Zoom call away, but right now, who do you wish you could hug? And, and, and when we took it for granted so much, now it becomes very clear who are the, the humans that we're playing with that really are adding and supporting. And, and, and usually it's, it's, a, it's a value added, it's a being of service and those people stand out. So I love that you mentioned that. So Phil, four, four people in, in sales, uh, like I said, and I believe that we're all in sales because of, the, of what we're dealing with now, where people say, well, you got to be careful and you sort of have to walk on eggshells and you can't be too salesy. I, I believe like you that, that selling is, is serving. Uh, there's nothing wrong with it because we're usually bringing a solution to a problem uh, as speakers or as coaches. What would be some things that you would, would maybe, and, and you've already blessed us with so much great information, what would be a, a few things maybe that you could tell people that are in this space right now of wondering, how do I take this and use it as a springboard for what comes next? How do I improve my process or how do I dare to launch? What, what would be your advice for people? Yeah, good, really good question. I, I think first, let, let's look inward and see what is our most important thing, like for us, right? What is our most important thing? Who are we at our foundation? Who do we be? How do we show up when we're being our best? Because that is going to tell you how you need to be, in my opinion, all the time, right? That's the, that, you know, I wear orange glasses to see the world, but my difference is how I see the world, right? So by that, I mean, right, I wear glasses, they correct my vision, but I see the world differently than everybody else. Mm -hmm. And so do you, and I see them through the lens of my values. 
when I'm intentional about that, when I'm aware of my value. So I talked about being of service. That is my value. And so that's how I see the world. And that's how I look at it. So whatever your values are, first identify them, understand them, right? Who, who are you? Because for some, this might be an opportunity, as you said, to, to launch, because then, now you finally realize that you can be of service. That's really exciting, friends. You can be of service now, whereas before, maybe you didn't have all the advantages of other people, but I think this is a bit of a reset button for a lot of us. So that means now, hit that reset button, hit it hard. You might have to, you know, you might have to sink a little more before you stand tall, and that's okay, but hit that reset button and then use that. Use that to power up, right? Use that for, from your core. And, and I really think that our values, they're pretty immutable. I mean, even though I didn't know that I needed to be of service maybe when I was younger, I, I, I think I knew, right? I, I think that was still there. To your point, I learned how to be more humble about it for sure. But being of service, I think that's always been the case. Mm -hmm. So that's first thing, right? Determine our values. Now, next, when you're reaching out to people, you have to reach out with those three H's, right? You have to be human first. You have to acknowledge and pay attention. And this is where all the machine learning in the world can't help us if we don't listen to it. So Facebook's algorithm, LinkedIn's algorithm, Instagram's algorithm, it's meant to surface those things that we have told it we value, right? That's what an algorithm is. If you click like on a bunch of negative stuff, you're going to get a bunch of negative stuff. If you click like on a bunch of stuff that's encouraging, you're going to see that at the same time, if you click like on the people over and over that you want to do business with, you see them even more. So train the algorithm to work in your favor so that you can better see people as human beings. We have that, right? And then what is the service you can provide? What's the helpfulness you can provide? And you go in with that and not some marketing schlock because marketing says, this is how we help. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. You have to be super customized to these people now. You have to come at them because it's no longer just about their role, about their industry. They're individualized in their challenges now. Mm -hmm. no, because again, there's more variables. So we have to individualize that. And we have to hopefully listen, right? Ask some questions learn something. Again, that's where the humility comes in. I don't know right now every industry. I work with software mostly. I do understand software, but even more niche, I understand software as it relates to fire departments, selling to them. As it relates to lumber, selling to them. As it relates to some of the industries that we serve, I understand that. But I don't know how to sell to all of them. But I tell you what, what I do know is I do know how to ask questions. And so I'm gonna ask those questions. Be humble and say, you know what? I don't know how to sell your industry. I don't know what you need. Could you tell me? Tell me what's, you know, what are some of the pains that you're struggling with? But if I'm not human first, if I just, on the end, I just, help me, help me, help me, help me. Well, go do your own research, dude. But if I'm human and I'm trying to help, and then I'm interested and I ask those questions humbly, and then I try to solve those problems with you. Well, now it's me and you against the problem instead of you against me against the problem. In which case, one, one of the three of us then is going to win. Then maybe that problem overcomes us both. Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe you're like, forget that, man. I just want to solve my problem. You're no help. 
or maybe it's me and you and you're like, Phil, go away. So that's where I would suggest that we start with those three H's. And if we can start there, after we determine our values, after we determine who we are, I think we can win. I, that is amazing. Amazing. And, and you're right on, on the money, Phil. And, and I really believe if we, if we pay attention, as you said, to the human and we have that helpful component just as part of our DNA, and then you bring in that, that, that curious humility, there's nothing you can't do. And, and, and admitting in the humility, it's, it's vulnerability, but it's, it's, you know what, we can find this solution together. So I, I, I am so grateful for it. Those are great, great words uh, to empower all of us. And Phil, one last quick question before you go. And, and I do want to ask you to share your call letters, how our listeners can find you and anything that you have coming up. I know you've written um, a great number of books, at least five books and, and over 3,000 articles. Um, I, I promise you, if you look him up, you will find everything that Phil has done. And it's just uh, amazing, full of value, things that we can apply just like what you heard now. But Phil, how can our listeners find you? Well, the easiest way would probably be to find me on LinkedIn. You know, that is my favorite spot. I spend a lot of time there. Uh, that's my investment uh, into my world, for sure. If you can spell Gerbyshak, you'll find me. G-E-R-B-Y-S-H-A-K. You put that in LinkedIn, put that in any search engine you've got, you're going to find me. And then I'm going to give you my phone number. It's on my homepage. It's on philgerbyshak.com. But I'm going to give you my phone number, like my actual phone number, not Google Voice. We're not hiding anything here. Like my direct number. It's 414 640 7445. You can call me. You can text me. I, I have an Apple phone. If you FaceTime me, if I'm going to the bathroom, I'm not going to answer it, but otherwise I'm available for you, right? So use that. Don't be shy, right? Do reach out. Do let me know how I can help you. If you've got questions, if you're like, I don't know what to do. Okay, that's cool. You know, if I've got time to talk to you, I'll give you the time. And if I don't, I'm not going to BS you and say that I do, right? I'm busy just like all of us. But some, you know, I absolutely positively believe in giving first. The giver's gain, right? Bob Berg wrote The Go-Giver. Right. It's a book that I do my best to live by. Mm -hmm. I love to give. I love to help. You know, I want to be like Pindar in the book and yeah. just give as freely as I can. So absolutely, um, that's how to best get a hold of me. And again, if you Google Gerbyshack, you will find me. I'm out there. I've probably written an article or done a podcast or something that can help you. And if I haven't, then let me know, and I'll be happy to do that for you custom. I love that. And he's serious, folks, um, about about the calling him and about the letting him know because he will uh, research if he doesn't know it already and, and will put out just some great, great material that, that will help us all. Phil, I am so grateful. One last question. And this is a toughie because I know you probably have many. Um, greatest piece of advice you've ever received? Oh, greatest piece of advice. So, uh, so I, I'm Steve Farber is one of my mentors. So we started talking to me about, you know, picking up and dropping off and making sure that I share, you know, uh, but Farber said to me, he said, the, my best advice for you, if you want to be successful is three words, be more you, right? Just be more of me, right? Let me come through. And for those of you that are like, dude, how do I do that? Cause that was my question to Farber. I said, Farber, great advice, man. Be more you. Fantastic. How do I do that? He said, Gerbyshack, I got three more words for you and I'm ready, I'm writing them down. He said, three words, practice, practice, practice. 
It takes time to be comfortable with who we are. It takes time to be comfortable sharing who we are. And it takes time to understand who we are. So if we can figure that out, if we'll invest the time to do that, we can be more us. So that's my best advice. That's the best advice I've ever gotten. I'm grateful that Farber gave that to me so many years ago. And it sits in my heart every single day. And if you don't know Farber, he wrote some great books, Radical Edge, Radical Leap, Greater Than Yourself, and his latest one, which is his best one, Love is Just Damn Good Business. It's a fantastic book wow. about love as a verb, not as romantic love. And it's a great, great book. So absolutely check Farber out and understand that his advice and everybody else's advice I take it as best I can to heart and try to be more me every single day. So thank you for asking that. Oh, I love that. Thank you. What a great way to, to, to end the show. Phil, again, I am so beyond, beyond grateful that you, that you joined us. I know what a tremendous blessing and, 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 and of what value this is going to be for our listeners. So I am grateful. I know they will be as well. Again, reach out to Phil. I promise uh, you're going to learn a lot. And, and you're going to enjoy doing doing so. So, Phil, again, thank you, everyone. Stay safe. Uh, do great. Be good. And if you can, it's beautiful outside, at least in South Florida. Uh, stay close to home, but go outside and play. Have fun.